Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. We've got a great show for you today. We have Philadelphia comedian Mike Rainey coming on at 1230. He's going to talk about his new book called On Perks, basically what it's like to Facebook while intoxicated and a perk addiction from for the last three years. But before we get into that, we've got a busy day today. We've got franchise tag deadline. We've got Denard Wilson, supposedly the fired Denard Wilson, coming back, or, or sorry, going to the Ravens. And then we've got the Sixers just in an absolute track meet and more. So if you are listening wherever you get your podcast or you're listening right now, hit subscribe. If you're listening on the YouTube, please hit the thumbs up and let's bring on our favorite person, Kevin Kincaid, straight from Lansdale. How are you, brother? How was the weekend? Good, man. It was good. Um, don't really remember what I did. I uh, watched my kids. Yeah, I watched my kids. That's what I man, did. That's, yeah. Parenthood good, undefeated. What did I do? I have no idea what I did. Yeah, it's good to be with you on a rational Tuesday. Uh, Ford is in the chat already knocking your uh, print. Uh, your It's not on the wall. He's knocking the photo that's it's leaning up against your dresser there. So it looks like we're uh, we're ready to roll on a yeah. Tuesday here. Yeah. Well, let's rational Tuesday this. Yeah. So yeah. Denard Wilson, that was probably the biggest news from the weekend mm. that Ian Rappaport and a lot of the other insiders reported that the Eagles and quarterbacks coach Denard Wilson, also passing game coordinator, I believe Denard Wilson have agreed to depart mutually part ways after he was passed over for the defensive coordinator job. Then Marcus Hayes comes out, writes a little article saying, hey, not so fast, my friends, the old Lee Corso bit and says that Denard Wilson was actually fired after an acrimonious meeting this weekend with Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. Uh, here is the quote. He fired popular and productive defensive backs coach Denard Wilson on Saturday. Two league sources confirmed Sirianni passed over Wilson in his exhaustive search to replace Gannon and hired Sean Desai instead. Wilson was understandably disappointed that he did not get the D.C. job. Sirianni knew this. Sources said Sirianni met with Wilson over the weekend for and receiving insurances that Wilson would cooperate with Desai. Yet Sirianni nevertheless was convinced that Wilson would not work well with Desai. This despite Wilson working well with Gannon, even though it seems like they didn't have the most kindred of spirits in the same defensive philosophy. So the Eagles are trying to point this as an amicable split. Untrue, according to sources, Wilson wanted to stay. Now let's just let's just address. Who wrote this? Um, Marcus Hayes, say what you want about him. We've been pretty critical of the site ever since the site has been born. Um, he really doesn't have that kind of leash that uh, offers him the opportunity to for people to believe every single source that he has. What did you make of this reading about it? This feels like an agent or a Denard Wilson job. I don't know how you felt about that. Yeah, well, I mean – for that reason, I'll go the other direction because I think everybody's knee-jerk reaction was just kind of, you know, crap on the report because it's coming from Marcus and Marcus has a history of saying things that I think are like, you know, not true or just being hyperbolic or maybe being negative about some of this stuff. But I actually, a red flag, not a red flag, a, I don't know what color flag is raised when you're like interested in something because... You know, the national, a lot of those national guys we know have, you know, Howie's got their ear. Howie Roseman has their ear. So, you know, when Schefter comes out with something that comes from Roseman, typically, uh, you know, like the Rappaports of this world and 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 whatnot, they, that's where most of their information is coming from. So then when you get like an off off chance report like this one that comes from somebody who's a columnist, not like a regular beat or like a national insider or whatever, you know, it makes me um, – wonder you know it makes me think that there may actually be something to it just for the fact that marcus is not in that network of like howie roseman regulars like i'm, I'm sure he's not a regular in, in howie's phone and marcus never reports stuff like this anyway so i'm I, I go back to i'm always cautious with this shit because when we go back to the joe santa liquido thing with carson wentz yeah. for example i was very you know hesitant to have a like an early decision on that one way or another i think we were pretty fair with that on the site i guess that was before you joined up but i wasn't gonna like shit on joe i wasn't gonna say this isn't true it's definitely true or whatever it's like i've been there before man like I, I had a good run break in philadelphia union stories about seven or eight years ago so i know from 
experience that all it takes is like one good source you, you know and then like you're good man you start rolling and shit that's like accurate and so so i'm never going to come out like and like poo poo somebody's sources because i've been there before and i know that it, it, it's like anybody can cult, cultivate a source or, or get somebody on the inside or whatever but, but i don't i don't i don't know i mean i think if, if that was the case if marcus was right about this i think it would may have may have would have perhaps been corroborated by somebody else by now but i don't i'm not gonna sit here and i'm not gonna sit here and like poo poo the thing just because it's just because it's marcus hayes i've been tough on marcus but i am actually in the same boat as you are i this does interest me and i think uh if you read down a little bit more into the story it was talking about how much uh denard wilson like challenged the guys and was able to kind of diffuse situations there was supposedly a situation after the cowboys game where obviously we saw that uh darius slay pointed the finger at josiah scott supposedly denard wilson had a big hand in calming and diffusing that situation maybe in the cornerback room and stuff but then again what I didn't like about the whole Marcus Hayes article was the title, really. Like he was, he was talking about a potential mutiny against Nick Sirianni um, well, for letting a coach go, and he only used those two tweets, right? He used those two tweets: one from Darius Slay being like, uh, "Denard Wilson deserves a defensive coordinator job," and then another one from CJ Gardner Johnson quote tweeting Darius Slay saying, "Yeah, that he does deserve a defensive coordinator job." What do you think about that? Well, that's where the hypothetical stuff where I think it gets it gets to be hyperbolic a little bit because nobody can say for sure. I mean, we can't say one way or another whether there's going to be a friggin mutiny or not. I mean, the only people who could say that are the defensive backs. Right. So yeah. I think that's the one that's the problem where it's like, OK, maybe if there's something to the to this and your report is true, do you have to theorize that it may cause a mutiny? Right. And he doesn't write to be clear here. So everybody knows they, they don't write the inquiry writers don't write their own headlines. True. So the second use of the word mutiny in the headline that comes from an editor, but he did use it in his story. So I'm not like absolving anybody of, you know, um, a connection to that for sure. But I, I don't know if there's going to be a friggin' mutiny. And only Darius Slay and CJ, GJ, and James Bradbury, who may not even be back, like they're the only ones who know if they that's true. New, like, like, uh, yeah. Marcus Epps, CJ, GJ, and James Bradbury, seventy five percent of the uh of the eagles defensive backs eagles secondary are on the free agent market right now so like they're like you're 100 right they might not yeah. even be back to stage this quote-unquote mutiny and there's well, some like they could they could i mean they could very well i mean yeah i could go any number of directions like cj garner johnson's an unrestricted free agent james bradbury's an unrestricted free agent slay seems like a, a portion of eagles fans would be fine with trading him avante maddox is under contract um who am i miss marcus yeah marcus Epps, marcus right Epps. Nice. yeah so so yeah i mean that's a whole funny thing i mean they could lose their defensive backs coach and um their whole defensive secondary well yeah if you, if you go to nickel right i mean that then that's four dudes they they're three of them are free agents there's a fourth who people are kind of not enamored with right now but uh i, I don't know I, i'm kind of curious to see what you think about the idea of uh because people are theorizing that like if you get passed over for a job you're you might want to peace out or oh hell yeah give Fuck your boss yeah. the middle finger and say i'm out of here and and whatever i don't know like would you would you if you were at say you're back at comcast or whatever and you're quiet quitting on the 13th floor in the cafeteria or something and, mm -hmm. and uh you know you got passed up for a promotion or something is your mindset to say oh i gotta work harder and i'll get the next promotion or is it is it scarface from half-baked and like fuck you fuck you <laughs> fuck you you're cool and fuck you i'm out i'm more scarface um yeah i'm more scarface fuck you i'll show you i'll go somewhere else blah 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 i'm not the greatest example because i hated corporate america so i did actually was in line for a promotion and i said i didn't want it so like a younger guy who's actually like one of my best friends now got the job so i think what i hated more was i was working for a younger guy and 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 denard wilson's no not young but he's young enough for in terms of nfl standards he's 40 and i believe sean desai is like 36 to 38 i think it does mess with you a little bit when you're like i've been grinding out in this league forever yeah, and this yeah. younger guy passes yeah. me over and gets a defensive coordinator job i wouldn't if i was denard wilson i wouldn't be i wouldn't want to be in uh in in his shoes right now i mean and then he goes and signs with the ravens uh supposedly they're final finalizing a contract up right now that's yeah. kind of interesting there because chuck clark is supposedly uh being i don't know if he's being cut released reworked or whatnot but his he's a strong safety there right now his uh his time is a little uh muddied right there for the ravens so what's that say about cj gj yeah you know? well one of my by the way one of my favorite things is that when you write supposedly in stories you write it with a d but when you say it on this show you say it pronounce it with a b so you write suppose it? you write supposedly which is correct you write it with a d but then you pronounce it supposedly hmm. so i don't know it's just a it's my hoagie mouth right there 
I think Philly fans kind of taking a little bit of my thunder here. Cause like if you, if you were, if Denari Wilson was an average Joe, just like you and I, or anybody in the chat, no offense to anybody in the chat. Maybe we have some fortune 500 CEOs that we don't maybe know. Maybe some defensive coordinators in the chat. Who knows? Yeah. But I mean, you, what, what are your, it's, it's one thing when you're 23 years old and there's like 15 of you, like little, you know, kind of similar early level career mm-hmm. people at your job and like you know that like if you get passed over for this promotion maybe maybe another job opens like three months from now denari wilson's probably saying hey if i didn't get the defensive coordinator job now like i'm probably not getting it here you know so you run into like yeah. a deuce staley kind of thing where it's like deuce could stay here for 75 years and they may not have like given him a sniff at being the the head coach or like the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator or something like that right so i think you have to also tell yourself that where hey maybe i'm gonna get this i'm just not i'm not gonna get it here Right. So maybe I, I don't know. I mean, people made a big deal, too, about there, there's some so many intricacies of these things. People try to push that like stupid story before the Super Bowl that Andy Reid fired Nick Sirianni. I mean, there's a huge difference between firing somebody and, and taking a job and not not retaining the existing staff, you know, which is why we didn't do anything on that on the site at all. But I think in the case of Wilson, like if it was me, I wouldn't say you know, fuck you to Nick Sirianni or Howie Roseman or whatever, but I would just be like, look, okay, I'm going to head on out now because i like respectfully like if i don't get it now i'm probably not getting it so you know i'll see around right then it goes back to marcus's story though because it feels like he was willing to to work with if his story is correct and his sources are right it seems like he had a meeting with nick sirianni the meeting probably hit a couple awkward points maybe some bumps in the road but they come to an agreement and he'll stay and then maybe nick sirianni goes home or he talks to howie or talks to some other eagles personnel he's like yeah you know there's this really awkward kind of interaction with with denard and everything i don't know and then but then you also have in marcus hayes's story where it's like him and jonathan gannon didn't seem like they saw eye to eye on all their defensive philosophies, which is a hundred percent normal. I feel like in any work environment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think that people would be surprised at how like behind the scenes, no, no, no team, no team on the planet in any sport is going to like, are you going to go into that locker room or the QB room or the X room or whatever, whatever, and find that everybody is 100% all on the same page and that they all get along. I, I, that just does not exist. I mean, even the greatest teams in the world had people who like butted heads, you know. Um, Buddy Ryan know. and uh, and who was the Bears coach? Dicka hated each other. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I'll give you a Philadelphia Union example because I know you love soccer. Like two years two years ago, they were just like clobbering teams left and right. And the one guy didn't one starter didn't like the other starter, and he called him like uh, Daddy's boy. So hmm. I, you know, but they went out on the field together and they played. Probably? on the same side of it. No, behind the scenes. Oh, uh, they went and played on the same side of the field together and we're just, we're playing great, you know, but behind the scenes, they, they've one guy thought the other guy was daddy's boy. So again, that's, that's like an example of, they don't necessarily get along, but they, you wouldn't know. Um, was that a fair, was that a fair retort? Was he daddy's boy? <laughs> I don't know if it was fair or not. It was, it was like, he, he just felt like the sporting director, like showed favor to him or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, okay. It was just one of those kinds of things. But I mean, the point being is like, I, I'm not, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Denard Wilson and Jonathan Gannon had differing thoughts on some things, you know? I mean, it's very obvious that like Chauncey Gardner Johnson had some differing thoughts on, you know, Jonathan Gannon as well. CJ, GJ, by the way, we have tag, like some tag wars here. We have some reporting that's kind of, Oh yeah, Adam Kaplan came out a couple couple weeks ago and said that the Eagles were going to tag yeah. tag him if they if they couldn't get a long term deal done. Jeff McClain came out earlier today, Tuesday, and said that they're not going to tag anybody. So um, tagged five people in franchise history, and Dallas yeah. has tagged six guys in the last six years. <laughs> well, uh, right. I mean, so history would say that they're not going to tag anybody because they haven't tagged anybody since Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, you know, in 2012, I think it was LJ's. Uh, there was Vic. It was LJ Smith before him. Corey Simon. You know, it's about it. They just don't tag anybody. But people don't. But NFL teams don't. NFL teams don't use the tag a lot at all. I think. In I think the nugget I put in the story today was that like last year there was 24 teams that didn't tag anybody. You know, and they and the Bengals tagged Jesse Bates, I guess, because they had the standoff or whatever. But all of the every the seven other guys who got the tag last year were all tight ends and receivers. And I think there were two um, tackles, two offensive tackles. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the number would have been around 14 million for CJ Garner Johnson. If he does get tagged. 
it's a lot of money for a safety, but it only would have made him the ninth highest paid safety in the league, I guess. So I don't know. It's just funny, man, because those jumps are massive. These guys coming off their rookie contracts, these guys who overperform their rookie contracts, you know? Yeah. Marcus Williams, uh, one of them. Yeah. Uh, Patrick notes that Josh Jacobs got tagged. Um, I was hoping we could get him. Yeah. I don't, um, uh, you know, the running back market may actually like turn out to be favorable for Miles Sanders because if Jake Jacobs got tagged and, um, outside of Philadelphia, you mean? Yeah. 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 Like, I think. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Because there's not. I mean, with Jacobs getting tagged, I mean, who else is left? Um, Saquon. I thought they they might tag somebody. Somebody else is what I thought. I was. um, Saquon's sitting in limbo right now, waiting for Daniel Jones to sign that forty forty five million dollar deal. Yeah, Saquon. Right. So if Saquon, I don't know. Say Saquon and and Josh Jacobs both got tagged. I mean, all of a sudden, Miles Sanders looks like one of the best uh, free agents available on the uh, on the market. You know, you got Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny. Jamal Williams, Mark Ingram, Rex Burkhead, Raheem Mostert, Deontay Foreman, uh, you know, and then you get into, yeah, then you get Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, Ronald Jones, Samaje Pirine, Gio Bernard, you know. Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, it kind of drops off quickly there. But, uh, pa- oh, right. like Pollard, Pollard got tagged. Tony Pollard got tagged. That's who I was thinking of. Sounds like a couple of, uh, free agents that, uh, that we're going to use for a running back by committee next year in that, uh, in that list you just named. Yeah. Uh, C-Max got a question here in the chat. He says, are crossing Broad and Snow the goalie getting behind this Flyers rally on Saturday? Yeah, we'll be there. We'll, me and Craig will be there. Uh, Craig's already bitching because it's supposed to be raining and stuff. He's just ridiculous. I mean, I, you just it, you just can't take the guy anywhere without without something he's just bitching about. But yeah, we'll be at the uh, we'll be at the protest. Um, what do you think about a good protest? Feels like it's a little bit in between January 6th and Love Not War protest. Um, they're calling for a peaceful protest, but I don't mean a lot of people from Delco that are peaceful. So we'll see how well, it goes. I mean, it's outside of the, uh, it's outside of Xfinity live at broad and Patterson, uh, right in front of the Bernie Perrant, Bobby Clark statue. So, yeah, well, this could go one of two ways. It could go really, really well, and it could be supported very well, or it could turn into mm-hmm. like the, the protest in front of like the, uh, the, the Sixers arena protest of last week. They got like 35 people to show up, you know? Then one of them was Helen Gim's daughter, and I see people arguing about that on Twitter behind uh, burner accounts. But that's neither here nor there, right? So okay, oh, this is from pissed, pissed off flyer, pissed off flyers fans. Flyers, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah there's, there's, over there's the weekend, I've spoken to a few local media outlets who've expressed interest in covering the event since the Wells Fargo Center parking lot will be closed. We are meeting at the Broad Street Bullies Pub at Broad and Patterson. Little typo there, Broad and Patterson, not to get mixed up. With Broad and Patterson. Sell the team yep. protest Saturday, March 11th at 10 a.m. in front of Xfinity Live. Everybody welcome. No violence tolerated, okay? Wear your Flyers gear and bring signs. Spread the word. Um, Philly fans got a good point here, though. He says there will be good people on both sides. Both sides of the. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Russ on here to do is Donald Trump. There will be good people on both sides. What if we. Back to Chauncey Gardner Johnson. What if we gave his? What if Howie gave his new deal on a PEMDAS equation? Then if he solved it, he gets the money. <laughs> I saw I saw that yesterday on the site, and I'm like, what the fuck is Pagan doing on here? I like I I was I was working on that. Uh, I'm doing this like deep dive story. It's probably going to go up Wednesday or Thursday, and so I was like kind of out of pocket for a little bit. And then I look at the <laughs> Crossing Broad Twitter, and you're doing like math equations on here. And I look it's at like, the first seven. I look at the first seven comments. It's like you're wrong. <laughs> That is one thing you think us pissing off people saying that Jonathan Gannon really wasn't the sole reason why the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. That's what people get angry about that math nerds, math nerds get pissed when you get a math equation wrong, like PEMDAS. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. If anyone didn't see it, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, he quote tweeted something. It was a math question that on Twitter, Facebook goes viral every couple of years. It's six divided by two times one plus two. Supposedly it equals nine. I came out and and, and thought it equals one. People absolutely freaked out. Um, CJ Gardner Johnson commented on the TikTok and said, just put it on the calculator and do it in my head like I did. I said he was wrong. Um, the correct answer is, is, is supposedly nine. And, I, and I'll concede that. But man, were people jumping down my throat like, one guy was like, I can't believe you recorded this video, watched it, and then posted it. You yeah, you, know, you're, you should kill yourself. <laughs> I was like, damn. People get, so, people get so mad about this. You're so fucking wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, but the, here's also the thing. 
I got some text messages. I got some DMs. I totally ruined people's group chats last night. I got a couple of people that were like in our group chat. We decided that it was nine and then someone shared your video. And then we were like, then we just fought for the next two hours. So like, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad crossing broad can promote discussion. That's all we're here for. That's all at the end of the day, what we're here for. We're here for discussion and we're here for nuance and we're here for pragmatism as we all, uh, as we love. That's and right. then, so plus Kev, yeah, no one thanked me for falling on the sword. Because you know there were people out there that did the equation in their head, sitting behind their computers. Yeah. And were like, the answer is one. And then they saw me just get absolutely dragged on Twitter and were like, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out. Then there are also people who defended me, which I do appreciate. But at the end of the day, it was nine. And the reason why it was nine is because of historical use. Okay. Historical Um use. Okay, I'm looking at Google Analytics right now because I have a theory that your uh, math story probably did pretty well on the site just because like like random shit like this does usually <laughs> does pretty well. But uh, Baxter started barking at a fox out there, so I got distracted. Um, uh, I'm right. Yep, yep, yeah, it did well. <laughs> I mean, it's just, here's the thing. Like back in if this was 1917. And I'll explain it to the people at home. If this was 1917, I'm right. I'm the smartest guy in 1917. I'm splitting the atom with Albert Einstein, and we're winning the war. Because of this thing called historical use. Nowadays, they don't use the division sign, the dot, dot, with the slash in the middle. They use the the slash, the the diagonal slash they use. Yeah, I I would just say I thought it was, what was the correct answer, nine or one? It was nine. Was yeah, I thought it answer. was one. I thought it was one. So okay, yeah, I thank wrong. you. I, I don't know. I know jack shit about about math. I'm terrible. So back in the day, the divisor sign was used. Plus, when you do one plus two in the parentheses, yeah, back yeah, in the yeah. day, the parentheses stays there. It doesn't go away. So I feel like the Philadelphia Archdiocese education system has failed yeah. me, and failed everybody that has grown up with me. And we should be able yeah. to file. A class action law. Well, listen, I, you know, if you read anything in the media, if you hear anything about the media the last couple of years, you ju- you can just present a set of alternative facts and you know plead your case and explain why you're right. Nobody, no, and you know, can't be questioned for it. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's one. I think it's one. Yeah, I'll continue to think it's one. I know the scientific calculator. I know Google calculator says it's nine, but PEMDAS is just it's an order of operations that doesn't mean anything because there is no order to these operations when it's multiplication and division mm. there's no order to these operations and i don't yeah. it's not it's it's please excuse my dear aunt sally it's not please excuse dear my aunt sally so i think uh copernicus or aristotle or pythagoras <laughs> dig those motherfuckers up and let's get the plum dust under control i was more into like nietzsche you know when it comes to philosophy and abstract thinking i was so bad at math i actually i'll tell you a quick story i dropped calculus in 12th grade like a two weeks into it because i was confused i thought i had to take calculus to graduate and then i found out like i already had enough math credits at boyertown academic power math powerhouse boyertown to, to <laughs> i had enough like to graduate i'm like oh, i don't need fucking calculus i'm going to journalism school anyway so i dropped calculus and picked up an extra fourth period study hall and I was in uh, National Honor Society, which is a racket, oh. by the way. Yeah, I'm an NHS kid. So we had this room, like this small closet kind of room where we were supposed to tutor kids. I think I tutored one kid in like two years of, of NHS or whatever. But we tricked out this um, this closet room with like a Nintendo 64 and a PlayStation. And we had like surround sound. Keep in mind, this is like 2002. So it's like 20 years ago. Like I don't think PlayStation 2 even existed at that point. But uh, yeah, I was so bad at math that the last math class I had was in 11th grade. I didn't take anything in college because I guess I didn't have to. I took accounting or whatever, but I was so bad at math that I just took it. I dropped calculus. I took the extra study hall and I just played like Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart or whatever. For, for that I'm shocked. Huh? Yeah. I'm shocked that they found a teacher that could teach calculus in Boyertown. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, well, I don't know. I dropped it, so I wouldn't know if they could teach it or not. <laughs> So, <laughs> where did they fly that person where did they import the that person cal- from we have the stupid calculators that you can play uh video games on what do they call like the ti ti 89 you ever do the boobs ti 89 yeah yeah five eight zero zero eight 
flip it yeah, around. So that, was a, that was a real yeah. mature tweet you did the other day with the P-O-O-P with the Pirates and the Phillies uh, in a 0-0 game, the poop, the poop game. Dude, everybody loves the poop series between the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Philadelphia Phillies. It's it's a it's a classic. It'll forever until that score bug from NBC Sports Philly goes away. It'll always be the yeah. poop series. Yeah, but it's but Ford is right. There's so much useless useless math that's taught. You just use a calculator. I mean, you got a calculator on your phone. Why do you have to know this shit anyway? Plus, we're gonna have robots doing all this anyway. You're gonna have Chat GPT or whatever, you know. So I, I saw that equation. I just was like, I I I think it's one, and I was wrong. So there you go. You got anything else before we bring on Mike? I don't think so. Um, I have a story that's dropping tomorrow or Thursday. I think people might like. It's kind of niche, but it's about the Inquirer and the Sixers arena. I did like a media study with that, so hopefully people um, enjoy it. Uh, Sixers, a uh, f- couple nice wins. Well, they didn't play any defense the other night, but that's all right. So, uh, but here, here's just a very, very quick sentence on the Sixers. I don't know if they're going to beat the Bucks or the Celtics in the second round, but they can absolutely play with both of those teams. Hmm. So. So I'm, I'll be cautiously optimistic about it. When, when did you buy back in the Heat game or the uh, or definitely the Bucks game when they're down 18? I bought back in on the Memphis game. Hmm. No, because I was like, I, I wanted to come out of the All Star break with like a like an open mind and and be like, hey, I you know they're playing a really really good team here in the West. You know what can they do? And they erased like a 15 point deficit then or or and whatever you know. So they played really really tight games against number two in the West, number one in the East, number two in the East. That's all I need to see to know that like when they inevitably get to the second round of playoffs and we start paying attention again, that they're, they may not be those teams, but they're, they can compete with them. So did I you like, I, did you like Jalen McDaniels in the starting lineup last night? Yeah. 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 I think he, I think he, he does. I mean, inevitably people are going to compare him to Matisse, right? Because that's who they moved and that's who they brought in. Right. So I, I think that, yeah, McDaniels took a couple of corner threes last night. He didn't make them, but he just seemed his athleticism allows him to do a little bit more on the offensive side of the floor, like especially in the middle. You know, I saw him slip a screen and like uh, you know get up to the rim and and get a putback layup, you know, on on something that when when Harden was blitzed by Indy and there was like another duck in that he had in the post and like Matisse had shown some. He kind of turned a corner a little bit and being like a cutter and a slasher and kind of like backdooring guys and getting to the rim, but Matisse was never like athletic enough to go up and grab like an offensive rebound and then you know like seal a guy off and and you know use his athleticism to get up there so I, I there's more potential there i mean he's the only dude that they brought in at the trade deadline so i mean you got time now to experiment with him. oh dwayne deadman oh I forgot he even existed really <laughs> who, has a, who has a hip issue and hasn't played in uh 45 days yeah but, you know. yeah yeah right but i mean you know Are we uh incorporate harden this time you know are we ready to go on a Paul Reed victory tour? Dude's giving some good minutes. Dude is giving some energetic minutes off the bench. Yeah. We can go on the Paul Reed victory <laughs> tour. You, we can go on, the, we go on the Isaiah Joe victory tour. We can go on the Matisse victory tour. Just line them all up. Why are you hating on, on Paul Reed? He is giving some energetic minutes. He's he's questioning the he's questioning the refs, wondering why, you know, this is or that is a foul. Uh he's watching tape, burning tape. Because and he and he's calling out the NBA officials because he doesn't want to lose his minutes because no once once Doc sees him in foul trouble he might not get off the bench for the rest of the uh, I don't know just, time. I just think it's uh, you know I've talked about it on here of like we're, yeah we're talking about the same storylines as last year backup center and whatnot all the backup center has to do for the Sixers in the playoffs is just not lose their minutes badly all right I mean because Embiid's gonna come right back in I, mean, I, don't, I don't need Paul Reed to be you know. David Robinson, you know, I need him to just hold down the fort while Embiid's off the floor and, you know, not not lose those Embiid minutes by too much of a, you know, a differential. And then then you're okay. So that's what he's been doing. That's what he's been doing. Yeah, look, I mean, people, uh, everybody I, wants to talk about the backup center shit, like real quick. Like of yeah. anybody, Embiid's an MVP candidate. Of course, when he comes off the floor, the backup center is going to look terrible compared to him. So I think it's kind of over. I think we kind of inflate that a little bit because – not because people like Paul Reed and Dwayne Dedman and Greg Monroe. Well, okay, Greg Monroe wasn't very good, but I mean, it's it's to me, it's less of those guys being like awful and more of just like Embiid is generational, you know. So of course, it's going to look drastic when you know dude comes off the floor and anybody replaces him. I really liked the last thing I'll say on it. I really liked the uh, the lineup with Maxi and Melton in it. I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good yeah. defense offense kind of lineup and. uh Small sample size, but yeah, very small sample size. One game, 
but it's proved to be the most efficient lineup that the uh, that the Sixers have. So look for that down the line. I just like, hey, listen, we criticize Doc. We say, hey, we need to we need you to uh, invest in different lineups, and he does it. So you know, we're getting ready for the playoffs, and uh, I feel good. Yeah. All right, let's bring on our guest. He is Philly comedian Mike Rainey. You've probably seen him on the Dad Meat podcast, Little Stinkers on Patreon, and the author of a new book called On Perks, which is basically Facebooking while intoxicating. Mike, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? How are you? Kyle, thanks for having me, man. What's up, man? Nah, I really appreciate you coming on, man. I've been listening to your stuff lately. I, I first discovered you on uh, on Tim Dillon. Um, Dude, that was a dream come true, man. Tim Dillon's probably my favorite comedian, and I feel like that opportunity fell out of the sky, man. So being able to sit across from him, it felt like a dream. That's awesome. Kev, who would be your uh, your your dream podcast that you'd be on a guest of? Oh, um, man. Um, uh, any podcast that somehow combines like sports and death metal. I don't know if that exists. <laughs> there's, one of, there's one of them around. Maybe I should start. I'm already doing two. I don't think I can do a third one. So. Yeah, sports. I'm and sure, it's, I'm sure it's out there. There's a podcast for everything, right? Dudes, I was following the uh, the PEMDAS saga, and Kyle, even though I do agree with you, like I'm going to have to side with CD on this one, man, just because I want him to resign so bad. So yeah, right. yeah, typical Eagles fan. Typical yeah. Eagles fan. People <laughs> just like dunk on him two three, dunk on him. You the goat two three. You the goat, man. Like people that didn't even don't even know how to tie their shoes and do simple multiplication problems from. Well, I don't want to say Delco because you're from Delco. Yeah, but, dude. From, uh, we'll say from Bucks Co. All Bucks right, that Co. fits, man. Dude. Uh, <laughs> oh, I heard you guys talking about the boobs on the calculator, man. I totally forgot about that. I'm going to have to look at a calculator and do that once more. Yeah. See, that's what kids don't get. Throw back to 2001, man. Throw back to like that's Yeah, we didn't even. I think the game. I think we went right from the Game Boy to like the TI-89, right? That was that was. (laughs) That's like the technology we had back then. Dude, (laughs) looking at boobs on a calculator might have been my first boner. So I'm excited to see if it still works. <laughs> I, I I do have a question for you. Uh, we yeah. we got to start asking everybody from uh, who comes on from the area. But uh, you're a Delco guy. Yep. What's your parish? St. Alice in Upper Darby. Still around? No, they closed down. I think maybe the church is there, but I know the school closed down a while back. Man, I had a good run there. That was a, that was a fun time. I really enjoyed going to school there. Hate to say it. Hate to say yeah. it. <laughs> Where'd but you go? I went to uh, St. Catharines of Siena in Horsham. No longer there. And then okay. Mary Mother the Redeemer. Uh, Region 20 uh, powerhouse in basketball. Well, and everything, really. Is that because you were on the team? No, I was the 12th man. Still, okay. I don't tell anyone that when I tell them that we went to the Archdiocese Final Four in basketball. I was a uh, starter, led the, led the team in in, uh, in points, but that was yeah. 30 years ago, so no one could check that shit. Um, so we want, I want to bring you on, man, because I, uh, I, I read your book yesterday. I've just ripped through it uh, on perks. So it, was, it was amazing. It was... Uh, Thank you, dude. Yeah, I mean, but I was really surprised to see, and anyone who doesn't know the book, it's basically Mike takes you on his entire journey through a Percocet addiction while Facebooking from the years 2012 to 14. Do I have it correct? Yep. Uh, kind of bled a little bit in the 15, but yeah, those are the years. All right. I, I You have posts about you know Disney, you're a huge Jay Leno guy, all this stuff. <laughs> I was absolutely shocked that you didn't have anything that consisted of Philly sports. Because during that run of 12 to like 15, we had the process. Yep. We had Nick Foles, 27 and 2, Michael Carter Williams. I'm, I am shocked you didn't fire off just opinions on, on Chip Kelly and everything else. Dude, most of like what I did, like when I was whacked on perks, I feel like it ho- opened up a whole nother realm that like I wasn't used to because from, dude, from late no- mid 90s to I would say like the Roy Halladay the last Roy Halladay game at home at home where Ryan Howard tore his his Achilles. That was like, it was nothing but Philly sports. Then at that point, like 2012, I started to like kind of get away from that. And then I just really got into heavy into documentaries, heavy into collecting vinyl, just all things that a typical perk head would probably get into. Are we talking like baseball? Ken Burns baseball? Yeah, dude, that was the first one that got me hooked because, you know, I just like old timey baseball and I think that summer I watched uh, the movie Cobb with uh, Robert Wool and uh, who played Ty Cobb? I've never seen it. Oh, dude, it's great. Okay. What, so baseball, Billy Crystal talking about it. Ken Burns, beautiful narration of a voice and everything like that's what. And then like, did you get into any other Ken Burns? Like what was your favorite documentary? I would say Ken Burns, like anything that he did. I would I would put on now once I got out of my perk era, he released the Vietnam one. So I never really got into that one. <laughs> 
And I kind of missed out. Like, I almost want to get back on opioids just to experience <laughs> Vietnam Ken Burns the way it should be enjoyed. Do you but, think Ken Burns just has a, a fan base full of, like, Burkheads? Yep. And, dude, the, the only, like, real sporting event that I can remember getting super into on perks was the Olympics. Because 2012, the summer of 2012, I had back surgery. And so I was just laying on the couch watching the Olympics around the clock. And mm-hmm. every event on perks, I was just like, oh, my God, this is the best. Oh, God, I, I want to throw a javelin someday. Oh, God, I'd love to play water polo. <laughs> was Phelps still around then? Yeah. Are you a big, like, big Phelps guy, big gymnastics guy, big... Dude, yeah, dude, uh, unfortunately, and I'm, I have to add before I, I mention this, that I was a teenager at the time, too, but I got heavy into the 96 women's gymnastics team, and it got so bad that I was actually sending them fan mail. And the way I structured it, Kyle, was like I would send the one that I deemed the least attractive the most fan mail in the hopes that that would be my best chance at a response, and it worked. <laughs> Who responded back? Uh, I don't want to say because I'm going to reveal that I think she's the least attractive one. <laughs> <laughs> But anybody who's listening to this one, look at a picture of the Magnificent Seven and tell me who you think it is, and you're probably right. So that was the one that the, the Olympus got bombed, right? Yeah, 96. Atlanta? So, yep. you're, so Olympus gets bombed. All you could think about is the 96 women's gymnastics team. Dude, I just Priority, fell in love. Like Dude, I fell in love. Like, my favorite was Dominique Dawes. Do you remember her? I, I was born in 93, so you got to talk to Kev. Uh, he was three years old. He doesn't. <laughs> Kev, back me up in this one. Beautiful, yeah, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Beautiful lady. But yeah. like she's the one that caught my eye, and then, mm-hmm. brother, I, I just got swept up in gymnastics fever, like most dudes who've never yeah. had a girlfriend. Yeah, it's a little uh, weird with gymnastics because you kind of <laughs> get like in the like the uh, like creeper kind of range here, you know, because not all of them are eighteen. So you well, I wasn't eighteen too. So at the time, like I was oh, still right. a teenager. So that's why I feel right. open right. to discuss this. <laughs> yeah, we're right. not. It's not thirty-eight year olds talking about yeah. Dominique. Dawes. If it was. Yeah, if it was present day Mike talking about how much I love them, that's a that's a problem. But dude, yeah, we, we'd be, yeah, this whole podcast would be flagged <laughs> and taken off YouTube, you know, or something. You know? Doug, I'm pretty sure my mom still has a picture, but if I if I reach out there, I could probably get it. But my room was yeah. decorated Ray Finkel style, which is pictures of the gymnastics chicks all over the walls. <laughs> <laughs> so, that Carrie Strug there with the, yeah. with the like the leg brace after she stuck the landing on the like the quadruple backflip or whatever. Yeah, dude, that was a shit, man. All time performance, man. Yeah, all time performance. I was reading, like, I was looking through, I was skimming parts of the book last night because Pagan didn't even give me a heads up. He's just like, Yeah, here's Mike's coming on tomorrow. Here's his book. <laughs> like, if you want to try to read it real quick I, tonight, like, I burned through it in, in three hours. Well, no, I love, I like the way it's written. It, it allowed me to like absorb a lot of it right away. And, and like, I see some great comments on here. I like the way that Eddie Lacey runs. <laughs> 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 yeah, I still do, man. Dude, there was one. I got, you mentioned uh, Michael Phelps. There was another one where the way that I worded this post should have put me on a watch list. But the reality was <laughs> I was just trying to be kind. So after the 2012 Olympics, Michael Phelps did a meet and greet. And I think somewhere in Jersey. And I bought a ticket for the meet and greet, which was like 200 bucks. And then at that after I spent my money on that, I was like, all right, I probably don't have enough money for gas and tolls to get there. So I post, posted on Facebook saying, like, look, if anybody has children that are competitive swimmers, inbox me. Where the reality was, I just wanted to give away this meet and greet ticket. But the way that's worded should have ended, got in, ended up with a knock on my door from the FBI. It just sounded like you either wanted to coach some children in some competitive <laughs> swimming with no resume. <laughs> I have to say, when I was when I was going through some of this, I gave, it gave me like post traumatic stress disorder because I you know, I log on. To, I'm not on Facebook that much anymore because I waste half of my day on fucking Twitter and dealing with dumb shit on Twitter. You know, so I'm not going to like yep. do any more social media, right? <laughs> but like, I get the Facebook memories or whatever. It's like what you tweet, what you posted like 15 years ago where i'm like man i posted some of the cringe most cringe yeah. shit on the planet and I, i'm 38 now so like 10 years ago i was 28 so i wasn't like some idiot mm-hmm. kid you know um and i was sober too i wasn't on perks when i was writing that shit so <laughs> you know it's like extra embarrassing but but no i, I it's, it's funny man because I, I i like the way it's it's written now like in in this kind of format because first of all nobody today can has the attention span to read a full book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yep. it's like you can you can you know consume it in like little chunks or whatever i think i've started and stopped writing like five different books in my in my Dude. lifetime because i'm just like who's gonna read this or like i'm never gonna finish i spend all day writing what am i gonna do like put the kids down to bed and then do more writing so i can't like like i've written two other books too and all three of my books are designed for people to read on the toilet because i'm a moron 
And I write for people that have that kind of attention span. So if mm-hmm. like if yeah. you can't read a chapter while you're pitching out a loaf, then you know what am I even writing for? Exactly. Yeah. My parents had one of those books in their bathroom, by the way. It was a guest book in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So like if you're on the toilet, you were supposed to write in it like what your name <laughs> is and all this stuff. So I go back, I'm at my parents' place and I see like entries mm-hmm. from my uncles from like 35 years ago says Christmas party 1997 yeah. taking a huge dump. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you had a poop book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was called the bathroom guest book. Yeah, I'm sure my mom's probably listening right now. Maybe she can send a picture of the bathroom guest book over or something. But yeah, you're supposed to sign in, say what day it was. You know, I'm I'm at like uh, Thanksgiving 2004. You know, just watch the Lions lose again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I took a piss. Right? Did you have to dip like a quill to- quill tip pen into the toilet and then write what you were going to write? <laughs> no, you didn't write. You didn't write it with the actual like like <laughs> sewer water itself. We had we had like a little bit of uh, you know. Um, manners and modicum in gilbertsville but uh yeah it was it was uh i don't know if anybody's got the bathroom guest book now i think that might have been an era specific kind of thing you know oh, the only time i ever signed a guest book is at a wedding or a funeral honestly i never <laughs> if i if i had to walk into a bathroom and be like hey sign this guest book in and out i feel like i'd be in prison on like the warden was watching me while i was like, no it was optional you didn't it wasn't like you walked into the bathroom and there was somebody standing standing there saying you have to check in oh, good it, to see it was optional <laughs> Yeah, it just kind of sat there on like a pile of magazines or whatever. And if you were bored, you just like, I don't know. It was funny. Like my uncles wrote like 90% of the entries or whatever, because they were a bunch of fucking goofballs, you know? So, but, but it's, it's, this is what I read. This is the kind of stuff I read. Like, it's like, Hey, I can, I can read a couple chapters at a time. I can read a couple entries at a time. And it's like my daughter threw her like, you know, you know, milk across the room again. Okay. Let me put the book down and I can go attend to that. So. Well- which is great because instead of just reading Twitter for two hours, I decided to to read your book, Mike. So it's like basically just like, hey, I was going to read 160 tweets. I might as well read 160 pages. Dude. And it actually makes you feel better mentally because you're like, I didn't just scroll Twitter and doom scroll Twitter. I read a book. Dude, and, and that's that's what I want people to feel, man. I, I, I'm writing for people who have probably screamed obscenities at Michael Irvin and his family while they eat dinner. So that's who I'm writing for, man. And dude, uh, dude, I'm thinking back to like what you po- what you said about uh, not much sports stuff being in there. Like my big like social media updating era related to Philly sports was probably 2007 to 11, which is when okay. the Phillies got hot. And at that yeah. point, dude, it was just every night. And it's just like I just remember going into work, knowing that every October I would be going into work hungover the next day. And it was the best feeling in the world because for decades it was just dog shit. So looking forward to that, yeah. but just also, you know, looking back on the on the fucking Facebook updates and the tweets from that era. And I think like the game where I was probably most prolifically tweeting and Facebook updating was um, the NLCS game against the Dodgers, where Jimmy Rollins got the game winning hit mm-hmm. in the bottom of the ninth. Oh, yeah. And I just remember updating the entire game. This game sucks. I can't believe we're going to lose this freaking game. And then sure enough. <laughs> Uh, stairs rips one into the night must have been one of your big, best memories dude, of all time. It's not, and I'm going to tell you why, dude. Uh, I committed the cardinal sin, dude. I was watching the game with my boy Danny, and I was like, "We're not going to win. Take me home." So Danny drove me home, and I'm standing in my kitchen in Glen Olden. I'm frying up hot dogs on the oven, and I hear my neighbor screaming. I'm like, "All right," I turn it back on, and they initially were screaming uh, because uh, Victorino hit the. I think he hit a two run home run. I think so yeah right before that and then i was like all right maybe i'll check it out after i'm done cooking my hot dogs so i finished cooking my hot dogs by the time i even played to the freaking hot dogs they're screaming again it stares that i already ripped it into the night and i missed it so oh, i can't no, take credit DVR back then too dude i can't take credit for watching that man i missed one of the greatest moments in philly's sports history dude I, I just i i like i said man 2014 2015 would have been your bread and butter because i know like you would have hated Chip Kelly trading LaShawn McCoy. Then mm-hmm. you would have like bought back into Kiko Alonso. And then Kiko Alonso mm-hmm. tears his ACL. And you're like, damn, that sucks. And probably all you could <laughs> think about was like, dude, that dude's about to get some great painkiller script. Dude, where was <laughs> was was the game where the Eagles played the Lions, the snow game? Was that 2014? That was 2013. 13-14. I was a junior in college. Yeah. I, that's in the book because I remember I was watching that game and my boy, Johnny Goodtimes, who owns uh, Shibe Sports. Oh, you know Johnny? Yeah, he's the man. The man. Dude, uh, when his wife his wife was due to give birth to their to their child then, and he posted on Facebook saying, "Man, there's a lot of snow out there. Man, I hope I hope if we have to go to the hospital, we're able to make it." And dude, I don't know why I posted this because I did not have access to a truck. 
But I said, Johnny, just so you know, I have access to a truck if you need one. And it was just because I have been ripping perks all morning, getting ready for the Eagles game. So thank God he didn't hit me up for that for that truck, man, because I wouldn't know how to deliver that thing. Holy shit. I used to work at a bar where Johnny used to do all the quizzes and stuff. So oh, dude, he's the man. Johnny, good times. He's a basket full of information. I'll tell you that. Do you um do you have any big like memories? I, I think I, I saw on a different podcast. You had a Chase Utley story. Um, yeah, dude. Go ahead. It's a Chase Utley rehab story. But <laughs> I went to rehab in summer of 2006 uh, for Coke and booze. Like as bad as perks were for me, Coke and booze were much worse. I went to rehab in summer of 2006. And at the time, Chase was on fire that summer. Like he was he was inching closer and closer to DiMaggio's record, which was 56 game hitting streak. And the night that I got to rehab, I got to rehab at like noon. I crashed and I woke up at like 10 o'clock that night. And at this point, I'm sober and I'm thinking to myself, my life's over. Like, I, I'm going to lose my job. My wife at the time is seven months pregnant. She dropped me off at rehab. And I'm just thinking, like, I'm the biggest loser in the world. Like, what could possibly get worse? And as I'm thinking this, they're doing announcements over the rehab loudspeaker. And the last announcement was the guy saying the Chase Utley's hit streak was over. And I was like, all right, well, that's it. It officially just got worse. Yeah. There's nothing to live for right now. Yeah. Like you, what an odd, <laughs> what an odd <laughs> announcement to make in a totally unnecessary man. You didn't need to hear that <laughs> in a in a facility full of people who are already just down and broken. You have to hear about the great, the most beloved Philly of the entire like 2000s run and you know top five ever Mount Rushmore, Philadelphia and Philly, and then you're just like. Oh, okay. I'm already downtrodden. Now Chase Utley loses his history. What is there else to look forward to? Dude, it's like when they told Coco the gorilla that Robin Williams was dead. Like, he didn't need that information. There, there's no reason for <laughs> that, one that, way, that one. I'm way too young for that one, Kev. Did you get that one? Coco the gorilla? Yeah, it's the it's the uh, gorilla that they taught how to uh, communicate with the zookeeper or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's an overly simplistic way of... And he was, he was a big, he was boys. Rob Boys was no, chilling with gorillas. Dude, he would watch. He had like a little yeah. like living room set up, or it's a she. Coco's a she. Yeah. I don't, you know, yeah. I don't want to. All right, that's gender the gorilla. Coco was a she. Yeah, yeah. Coco had like. We don't, we don't want to miss. We don't want to misgender anybody on this. <laughs> gorilla. But they had a gorilla in this little setup, and the gorilla would always watch. I think either Mrs. Doubtfire or Flubber. She had a VHS tape and she would watch that. And they're like, somebody had a hookup to Robin Williams. They're like, yo, let's get him in here to meet this freaking gorilla. So instantly when they brought Robin Williams in there, the gorilla knew who he was. But then um, years later, when Robin Williams died, one of the zookeepers, for some god awful reason, went in there was just like, yo, Coco, not for nothing, but uh, Robin Williams is dead. <laughs> that's worse than the Chase Utley <laughs> announcement. Dude, that's gorilla rehab. <laughs> I I think it's funny because when we do this podcast, like I'm stuck. I'm like I'm like a millennial stuck. No, I'm I'm Gen X stuck in a millennial body, and Kyle gives me shit because all of my pop culture references top out at like nineteen. Olivia Newton John. Yeah, I'm talking about Olivia Newton John (laughs) and like Sally Struthers on this show. I think we pulled up Sally Struthers Wikipedia like two like four shows ago or something. So now we're talking about Coco the Gorilla, and I'm like, holy shit, that may be even like two too deep for me at this point i'm the the quote-unquote <laughs> old head on here i do have a question though you said yeah. that one of the things that you really wanted to do <clears throat> was uh fart in a bunch of mason jars and then open them up on a rainy day and sniff yep. them were you ever able to achieve that i didn't kev but for some reason when i moved into um i had a house in glen olden and for some reason when we moved in in the basement was this this metal shelving and on the shelf they had mason jars there yeah. And I never got around to it. I guess it was just like forbidden fruit, but they were there. And yeah. I was just like, damn, one day I'm going to bless those things with some farts. And then, <laughs> then maybe one day when I'm feeling down, I'll open them back up and just reminisce about times past. But I never did. Although, here, I did buy a fart from a lady one time. No, OnlyFans or before OnlyFans? No, uh, different. It's uh, a lady named Shannon. This is her fart jar. But it, it's debatable whether or not she actually farted in this, but I paid 50 bucks for it and I opened it. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I was disappointed, man, because, you know, it was well, this will be this will be my second half baked reference of the program. But it's like when uh, Brian bought the Jerry uh, Garcia ashes from the guy. It's Jerry Garcia's <laughs> ashes in a pouch. You know, 100% authentic. Or whatever. Hey, I lived in Delco for six months. Um, does that am I allowed to claim Delco because of that? Where did you live? Seacane. 
Oh, yeah, that counts, man. If you say Radner, no, but like CK is great, man. <laughs> yeah. What the CK fuck? Imperial Pizza, dude. Imperial Pizza. Yeah. I live right yeah. down the street from Imperial Pizza. Yeah. Where's CK? It's like uh, Clifton Heights almost, okay. like mm-hmm. off Baltimore Pike. It's like a little shit area of like 10 people. No, I'm sorry. For the, so the CK and residents listening, it's not a shit area. It's very small. <laughs> um, but no, I, when I moved back to Philly in 2009, my, my friend was working in, uh, was living in Westchester because he worked out at, uh, Garnet Valley and we wanted to live together again. And I was working in the city at Eyewitness News. And we're like, okay, what's halfway? And we were like upper Monco dipshits. We didn't know anything about Delco. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what's halfway between Westchester and Philly? Oh, we live in, let's live in like along Baltimore Pike. So we got like an apartment in Seacane mm-hmm. and lived there for six months. And they were like, how did, like, why are we living here? You know? <laughs> it's very, I don't know, it's just very random. Yeah. So I've lived in Delco. I've lived in Monco and Bucks County for two weeks. So, dude, but kept that Imperial Pizza is tough to beat. That's one of the yeah, cheapest awesome. pizzas you could find, but it's incredible. Kyle, you got to yeah. try it one time, man. Yeah. There's yeah. this little pizza, this unassuming pizza place. Like, right. There's like the train goes through there. <clears throat> um, whatever, whatever line that is like media Elwin or something like that. And there's like a stop yeah. down behind, down off Baltimore Pike, like before you get to like hook road and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just a little like pizza place. There's like super random, but it's awesome. And people used to be coming through there all the time and just, just buying, you know, that's, 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 that's the best thing about Philly Delco is just, it's like spots. You're like, what the did hell you, is this? And then it's like, it's amazing. You know, Kev, did you ever go to the bar? That's two doors down from that. There's like a, a windows and siding place between, between Imperial pizza. And then there's, I think it's called Seacane Station, the bar, but it's like the ultimate oh. shithole bar. No, the shithole bar that we went to when we were living there was called the Bungalow Inn. Oh, uh, yeah. It was it was just like across from like the Pizza Hut and the Home Depot on the Baltimore mm-hmm. Pike. I'm like, this is our local bar here. I guess it is, you know? So mm-hmm. it's very trashy, but as a uh, West Virginia alum, I felt very comfortable there. So. We might have lived in the same apartment complex. Did you live in Bishop Hill? <laughs> yeah. No! Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 2009, man. I was not on Perks, no. <laughs> but I could, there was, uh, let's just say it wasn't like a, a five-star rated apartment complex. It was affordable for some dipshit kid who was moving back to Philly and working per diem hours at Eyewitness News. But no, it was not, uh, it, was, it was not my permanent settlement, that's for sure. So we, we ended up, in, I'm sorry, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, we ended up getting evicted partially because of my behavior after the Eagles versus Rams <laughs> NFC championship game. I was convinced we were going to win. And it was like, as it became apparent that the game was over, um, there was, you know, those, those tins that people get for Christmas that have three different kinds of popcorn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I had Car- one of those caramel butter yes, and, and a cheddar one cheddar. Yeah. Cheddar. My wife got one for Christmas and uh, it was right by the, um, the balcony door. And when McNabb threw the pick at the end, it was just sitting right there and I slid the door open. My wife's like, don't do it. Don't do it. And I did it. And I kicked the fucking thing off the balcony and it just, it just rained three different kinds of popcorn and I didn't clean it up that night. So like that was partially responsible for me eventually getting evicted from there. Yeah. It was not a, yeah, we, we had, that was such a shithole play. We had like mice in that apartment or whatever. I think I caught like, like three mice per week. And and I was just like, what, what am I like? Why did I end up living here again? Oh yeah. It's halfway point. So we pieced out. We went our opposite directions. And I moved down to like grad hospital Six months later, people to this day still tell me that graduate hospital is not a neighborhood. But I'm like, I don't know. That's what my neighbors who lived there for 50 years called it. So I, I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to get in there with the hospital. That's the only thing to do. Get, get, you know, get shot. <laughs> go to the ER. Go to the hospital. Yeah, go to the ER. <laughs> yeah. Really nothing. Yeah. There's like founding fathers and and another bar in like a Mexican. Now place. I used to walk down to Christian Street from there. There's this place called the Sidecar that we used to go to all the still time. There. And like, yeah, Resurrection was this other place there. Anyway, but for anybody who didn't live there, they're probably like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Um. Did big sports losses hurt more on perks or off perks? Or I guess back, you didn't really have big sports losses on perks. We talked about the process and it wasn't that other. Well, there was a, there was a wild card game that Chip Kelly lost and stuff. But Mm -hmm. when you're on, you know, booze and and, and cocaine and everything, did, is it, is it harder to take a loss like now when you're sober, uh, like the the Super Bowl and the World Series, or was it harder when you were on perks or booze? It, It was much harder back then because back when I was just like boozing and coke, it was like, my, my life outside of work was just sports. Mm-hmm. And because we hadn't won anything, like in my lifetime, like I was born in 78. So the Phillies won in 80 and the Sixers won in 83. And those were the only two titles, but like I didn't get to experience them. So it was just nothing but failure. But I just loved all four teams so much that every season was just disappointment. So like those losses were harder because it really did seem like we were cursed. And then when we finally won in 2008, it was just like, I can't believe this is real. Mm-hmm. And then 
like right after, of course, like that, that, uh, yeah, that season, the Eagles played Arizona in the NFC championship mm-hmm. game. So it's like, oh, we're going to win back to back. We're going to win a, a World Series and a Super Bowl. And then we don't win. And I was at uh, a place called uh, in Northeast called Penny Gardens. And uh, fortunately, I was sitting next to a Coke dealer all night. And then when the Eagles weren't going to win, I was just like, all right, I'm just plowing through whatever's in my bank account. I'm buying as much Coke as possible. And my wife and I had a shared bank account at the time. And then at a certain point, she's like, why did you just make three separate hundred dollar transactions? And I'm like, all right, I got to turn my phone off. (laughs) So that Arizona game was one of the worst ones to go through because it was like the pain of losing in the NFC championship game when we could have won two titles in one year. And then the pain of having to endure a cocaine come down a few hours later. Yeah, she would have killed for the popcorn being punted. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, Kev, so I don't know how far you got in the book, but Mike got really into soccer. Kev's a huge soccer head. Yeah, I saw a bunch of – I just passed the part about uh, Jennifer Lawrence looking good with short hair. I agree with that, by the way. Well, that's because Jennifer Lawrence looks great with any kind of hair, you know. Even if she was uh, real beauty, to me more in GI Jane, she would have looked good. Uh, yeah, I saw like off the offside rule or something. Is that- I, I still don't understand it. And like, even though everything seemed to make sense, and I loved everything, and I loved everybody on Perks, like yeah. the one thing that really made me angry was trying to understand offsides in soccer because yeah. that that summer was might have been the Women's World Cup. I forget uh, what it was. Twenty thirteen was the Women's World Cup. Okay. Fourteen was the Men's World Cup. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, just I still don't understand soccer. It's when the ball is kicked. You just can't be past the ball, right? You can't be past the second to last guy back there, right? But most people don't understand. It's not when the ball gets to the dude. It's when the ball is touched. Like if I play a pass and I'm standing here, I'm on side. But if I ball's kicked and I'm back here, then I'm offside. So, All right. Yeah. 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 I'm shocked you didn't get into the uh, the women's national team. Um, no, I, I think I, I did in the whole butthole picks, but that's about the extent <laughs> of that. <laughs> we all saw the whole solo picks. Yeah. Um, this is the last thing I want to talk to you about. I saw that you were on Fallon back yeah. in the day, getting waxed. Yep. Now, Craig, you, I, I gave, I sent you over the YouTube video. If you could pull that up, it should start at a minute 42. This woman. I don't think you have to play the sound. Well, yeah, play the sound. But this woman, did you say something wrong to her? Did she hate you? Did she find out, like, was she from Monco? You for Delco? She just fucking hated you? Did you, you know, did you, she I, I, waxed you? Dude, it, Kyle's, waxed you. it's funny you mentioned that, man, because, like, there, I got a bunch of messages from actual, like, I guess they're called estheticians that are just like, yeah. yo, if you ever want your stuff done the way it's supposed to be done, just, <laughs> just hit me up. Because this lady has no idea what she's doing. But so, I I think they just told her to make it as cartoonish as possible, and like it hurt. Uh, so, so Craig, play the clip because Jimmy has to like stop her from waxing Mike. All right, Courtney. Let's. All right. First one gets no hair. That's good enough, there, Courtney. Second one gets no hair. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 hey! You get a little crazy there, Courtney. Wait, all right, good. That's good. All right, Craig. It's a tattoo, I think. So a little backstory, that's uh, that's Mike and his buddy, Tim Butterly, who who's a co-host of his of his po- of your podcast, right, Dad Meat? Yeah, Tim's the funniest dude on the face of the earth, man. Check him out wherever you can. And basically, they had to answer questions on. Well, Tim had to answer questions kind of Jeopardy style on found. And every time that he answered it wrong, uh, Mike would have to get uh, waxed. Uh, Courtney, she devil. That was diabolical. What, yeah, did you, did you talk to her after and be like, hey. Yeah, did you talk to her after and be like, "Hey, what the hell was that about?" No, dude, she she was actually like the uh, like the hairdresser or whatever they had there, and I <laughs> talked to her beforehand, and like she was she wasn't in a good mood beforehand, and I didn't think anything of it because I didn't know that she was going to be the one waxing me, but I was just like, "All right, man, I guess she's having a bad day or whatever." But she yeah, was like she, the hair and makeup. She was like the hair and yeah. makeup person for the for the studio. Yeah. yeah. Now, Kev, one thing that might have had something to do with her sour disposition is Honey Boo Boo was the guest after we did that thing right there, mm-hmm. and that kid was raising hell backstage. Like honey boo boo ate a cookie out of a trash can before she went on stage. Yeah. I'm not surprised really. I mean, <laughs> I kind of are trailer park trash. I, I, I went to West Virginia oh, and, and I went to school in Berks <laughs> County. I feel like I can say trailer park trash. Cause you know, but, uh, you that's quite flavor, the combo. You, guys, you guys followed them up or they followed you on the show. <laughs> they, they came after us oh. and it was, it was, uh, 
Yeah, it was just being in their orbit. Like you felt they were the real deal, man. They were the same in front of the camera and behind the camera. They were eating cookies out of trash 24-7. Yeah, that's a tough. Yeah, man. I, I When I call WIP, which is not very often, I always get stuck following up like Baldy or like Chuck from Mount Airy or whatever. I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to like, what am I supposed to say now? Yeah, you can't. Uh, yeah. Tough. Yeah, uh, those guys bring what, the energy. Yeah. Do you remember what flavor the cookie was? Trash flavored. Like by the yeah, time she got to it, it was just trash flavored, man. Man, it's funny you say orbit because they are the size of the fucking sun, that I'm sure. <laughs> I feel like Honey Boo Boo was in the news recently. Anyway, yeah, she's They're got a boyfriend now. A something happened to her boyfriend. I think he might have got hit by a car or something, which sounds uh, like something that should happen to a Honey Boo Boo. Oh, here boyfriend. we go. I, I got it, it right like here. It's it's a reality <laughs> star, Honey Boo Boo. Oh, this is a video story. I don't want that. Here we go. Uh, Alana Honey Boo Boo Thompson involved in Georgia police chase, boyfriend arrested. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, ch hey, child yeah. stars, man. First child star to ever, you know, be involved in a police chase or, or get arrested? Absolutely not. So, you know what? She's well, just, following the, just following the career of Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> yeah, I give her credit, man. She she held out pretty, pretty long for not getting in trouble. And it wasn't even her fault. It's her boyfriend driving. True. Right. I like that. I like that. Um, Kev, you got anything else? No, I appreciate it. I'm going to try to dig into the rest of this now. Pagan should have given me a heads up, though. He's like, it's not like really like I thought I was going to have to read like War and nah, Peace dude. last night, you know, <laughs> literally like burned through it in three hours. It's take it like I said, take some time from doom, doom scrolling on Twitter. Go get on perks. Craig will put it in the chat, the link to it. You can go get it. Mike, what do you you know, what do you want to? You know how, how how what do you want to talk about with this book? Like what what, what was the, the the point of this book? And uh, other than Facebooking while intoxicating, I think everybody can identify with just getting fucked up and posting shit on social media that they regret the next morning. And when I saw these ha happening coming up more and more, like on this date you posted this, I was embarrassed by every single one. And rather than delete them, I was like, you know what? I'm going to compile these all into a book and give a present day analysis of what was probably happening during that exact moment. So that's what On Perks is. You could buy it at onperks.com. Uh, there's an audiobook version too. If you're familiar with Philly comedy, a bunch of my boys that are that are just monsters in the Philly comedy scene helped me narrate this. Tim Butterly, Matt McCusker, Ryan Shaner, just so many funny people. And uh, yeah, the audiobook version is has probably twice the content that the print copy has. But either way you go, you can't go wrong. I think you'll like it a lot. Nice man. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for for coming on, man. I really enjoy your shit on Twitter and really enjoy uh, in, in your pod and everything. And then uh, little stinkers on Patreon. That's uh, explain that. Cause I know I'm going to butcher it if I don't No, little stinkers. It's mostly, we mostly cover serial killers and it's basically, we want to accentuate the funny stuff they do rather than the murder. And, but it's not even exclusively relegated to serial killers. Like last month we covered Tanya Harding, who is a little stinker and I fell in love with her all over again. So yeah, check out Little Stinkers, man. I think if, if you're in the true crime, but not like heavy on the gore details, like I think Little Stinkers is right for you. Awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah, check that out and check out Dad Meat Podcast with Mike and Tim Butterly. Mike, thanks so, so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Guys, I really appreciate you. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks. thanks, brother. Later. Talk to you. Uh, one thing we did before we we didn't do before we wrapped up, Craig was supposed to get us a couple PEMDAS questions. Cool PEMDAS. Well, oh. please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. You think oh. you're going to get out of this? Craig, fire up the PEMDAS questions. Terrible. It's time to go back to school. What the fuck, Craig? He's got exponents and shit. Oh, for Christ's sake. What is this? All right. So we got three, the third exponent, plus four times eight minus five. Eight minus five is in parentheses for the people at home, divided by six. So obviously PEMDAS eight minus five, you get the three. I'm keeping the parentheses. So we got three to the third exponent plus four times three divided by six. So now we go to the E in PEMDAS for the exponent. Three to the third is nine plus four times three divided by six. And now I feel like this is where I'm going to get fucked up. So f I think in, in terms of PEMDAS, you know, I had everyone yelling at me left to right. Uh, so we do four times three. So nine plus 12 divided by six then we do 12 divided by six because we're in the d part of pemdas that is two nine plus two craig is the final answer 11 okay well <laughs> craig like 
did you get a PEMDAS problem and you didn't solve it yourself or get the answer? Well, okay. So Danny's in the chat saying it's 29. What the fuck? Yeah. Dude, what did I do wrong? Three to the third power plus four times eight. All right. Eight minus five equals three to the third. Oh, three to the third power is 27. All right. Uh, it's, it's, I just fuck. Oh, because I mean, three times three is nine. And then. Yeah, I don't I don't know powers. Uh, 20, holy shit. Ted is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. <laughs> At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. More or less. Right? A simple wrong would have sufficed. Yeah. The Craig, price you know is that's wrong. the funniest thing we've ever did. That, that's, Craig, that's what yeah. we've been looking for from you as a producer. Coming up with funny shit after I fuck up or Kevin fucks up. So thank you, Craig. Me and uh, I, I do want to admit, me and Sawyer. Sawyer, thank you, my man. We are in the same uh, in the same boat. Um, yeah, I mean. I, oh, God, this, this is looks why, like a foreign language to me. I don't even know what the fuck I'm looking yeah. at. This is like this is like triggering. So, this is, so when I see all these numbers, I don't know about you, Kev. I just get angry. I'm like, I'm just not doing that. Like, I, like I, I'll see. Sure. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I may as like, well. I'll go I on, as well. Yeah. yeah, I'll go on the athletic and I'll see like five paragraphs without like a picture or a tweet, and I'll be like, I'm not reading all of this. That's like uh, this, me this with may numbers. As well be like this may as well be like Ar Arabic for me. I have like no idea what I'm even looking at here. I forgot what the ex uh, uh, the exponentiation was. And like I said, I, I last math class I was in eleventh grade because I dropped calculus. So and guess what? That's why we're writing crossing broad, and we're not. What the hell does this word? What does this word even mean? Concatenation. Concated. Con. Concatenation of four and three instead of oh fuck I don't even know I'm an I'm a I'm an editor for a professional ally. I don't even know what the word concatenation means. So get it off my screen, Craig. Before I embarrass right. myself, we probably are going to do another PEMDAS equation, but we want to do one more. No, no. Concatenation is a series of interconnected things or events. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. Like so, uh, kind of like right. yes. the NBA. Taking away Sam Hinky, installing the Colangelos, then yeah. Colangelo installing his son, and then his son tweeting burners on uh, burners about yeah. Joel Embiid and all the Sixers. Okay, interconnected yeah. things. Right. Yes, yeah, so that's a good word. Maybe I will use that in my next blog post. There you go. All right. Um, anything else you got for today? No. no. All right. Well, thank you to you, the listeners. Thank you to Mike Rainey. Seriously, go get on Perks. I I, I ripped through that book in, in in three hours. It was really funny, really good. Belly laughs, laugh out loud. Um, thank you to Kevin. Thank you to Craig on the ones and twos. Fuck PEMDAS, and we will talk to you. <laughs>